Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new fun bevy. Fun beverage of the week. Mm -hmm. And this week we're talking, I'm sure there's a lot of us out there. Me included. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> How to survive a quarter life crisis. Yes. We're going to be talking about what even is a quarter life crisis, the signs that you might be going through one, <laughs> and steps you can take to survive this turbulent time in your life. And even if you're having a midlife crisis, yeah. any type of really identity, identity crisis, crisis at all, ex- existential crisis, any sort of internal crisis. <laughs> This is the episode for you. At the end of the episode, we're going to be playing Recent Obsession. So we'll Mm -hmm. be revealing what we've been recently obsessed with. And you guys remember, you can always write into the show with episode requests at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com. Or you can DM us at amidoingthisrightpod on Instagram. We love to hear it. Yes, we we do. We love to see those little DMs. And Nat, I actually didn't tell you about my morning. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Yes. This is a little gross. Okay. Just for everyone listening. Okay. So Trigger warning, gross. Gross. <laughs> um, so I got up at 7.30, which is when my alarm goes off. Uh-huh. And Archie actually slept. He normally sleeps in his crate, but last night he didn't for whatever, for, for reasons. Okay. And so I went to go get him at 7.30 and I like let him out of his little area and then he jumped on the bed and we kind of like laid for like 10 minutes. We're just like laying in bed like, good morning. Oh, no. And then he hops down, and I'm like, hmm, Archie, did you fart? Mm, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Did you fart? Oh. Ooh. And I go, that's not fart. He shit (laughs) in my room at the biggest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, sorry, TMI, but a long, like, long. And I was just like, what in the hell? Because this was overnight, or this was right when he came into this your room? This was right when he woke up. We cuddled. Thank God he didn't do it in my bed. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I thought you were going to say he, like, had stepped in and then got in your bed. And I was going to say, oh, hell no. No. He he cuddled on my bed with me, and then he hopped off, and I don't know. I thought he went in another room, and I smelled hot shit <laughs> everywhere. And when I tell you, I had to put on a mask, like, you know, oh, one of those masks. Oh, my God. I had to put on plastic gloves, and I was gagging, picking it up. I was like, Ugh. And of course, Joe was conveniently at the gym. And I'm texting him, where are you? Why didn't you take him out when he got up? Well, okay, so normally, we our normal thing is he's in his crate, 7.30. I open the little crate. We do our morning cuddles. Yeah. He eats. We don't walk till about 8. Right. He shit at 7.40 <laughs> on, in the house. And I was just like, I can't believe this. I was so mad at him. But I think what happened is that he normally is in his crate. Yeah. And he was up all night walking around. And so, like, you know, when you start moving, it gets your digestive system flowing. So I think he was up earlier and he had to really go. Yeah. By the time I was up. And he probably was just, like, confused as to what his schedule was. Yeah. He's like, I think I've been up for, like, several hours. It's time to go. Yeah. In the house. 
Wow. I have to steam clean our carpet? No. Oh, yeah, for <gasps> sure. I mean, it was oh. it was bad. Anyways, you guys, I'm so sorry to start the episode off this way, but it's a someone d- needed to know. And I, Natalie, I have a photo for you that I will show you later. Oh, my I'll God. Because I just sent it to Joe because I was like, I, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. <gasps> Poor guy. Was he like, was, he was he, fine. He was like, I don't even care. I mean... He was whimpering. This he never whimpers, and but I thought he just wanted me to come get him. Right, but I guess right. I guess maybe there were other things happening. I think there crate some, from now on. Oh, sounds this, like he's never not sleeping in his crate. I think Zeppelin's not been in his crate like one time. Well, it makes sense because like you know once you like go on a morning run, like you have to go to the bathroom, and so like he's been up. He's right. ready to go. Right, right. Who knew? Yeah. So that's how my day started. I've been really trying to shake that off. Yeah. Sorry, I put that on the listeners. Well, I'm glad that you were able to. Um, it was a real mom moment. Yeah. I was just like, I can't believe whenever I have kids and like this is going to be my reality. Yeah. Well, I have a, there was something I wanted to talk about that's oh, yeah. so, so, so different from oh, that. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. But I just feel like the, we should tell people about what we experienced the other day. What was it? We were at a movie premiere for a documentary. And the man that introduced it, oh yeah, 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 yeah. did a speech. Natalie it was, the was funny crying, shit laughing. I have ever seen in my what life. What was the one thing? So yeah, we went to the sponsors. Oh yeah, so we went to a premiere, <laughs> pretty big movie premiere, and yeah, the guy was introing it. He did not he, know what it was. He yeah, he didn't know what the movie. Was he was be. he didn't know who the person was. Then he goes, "This film is sponsored by the sponsor." Of sponsors, you know. The biggest the sponsor. Big sponsor. <laughs> that, you know, that one sponsor. I think he said sponsor seven times yeah. before he was like at and <laughs> it, it was a really big <laughs> setup for at and It was a, <laughs> I have never seen a speech so. He had to have been on something. I'm like, either he was drunk or he just like, they didn't give him any materials and he was just like. He didn't know. I don't think he knew the name of the movie. He did not. Because he said, this documentary is really (laughs) great. (laughs) I just thought. Natalie was crying, laughing. Actually wheezing. (laughs) But it wasn't just me because I was looking around. People were laughing. People were like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) It was pretty brutal. (laughs) Oh, Lord. But I just had to tell people because I think it's like the most I've laughed for like months. Yeah, after it you go, I needed that. I needed <laughs> that laugh. Crying. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Oh, Nat, what are we drinking? What oh, beverage are okay. we drinking? I feel like I've talked about this before. I think I've said that I've never had it, but you've said you have had okay. it. It is this poppy. Oh, yes. But I haven't I haven't had this this one. This this is strawberry lemon. Strawberry Joe lemonade? Loves these. Are they so Okay, well, let me just see. Is it soda? Well, you know what I'm not going to do? Shake it up. Oh, my like God. Like I did last time. So, yeah, this is Poppy. It's a prebiotic soda, and we have the strawberry lemon flavor. I think you can get these at, like, Whole Foods and, like, a kind of maybe a more healthy grocery store. Yeah. We um, have them at Sprouts. I got this at Bristol Farms. Oh, ooh, it's very fragrant. It says there's apple cider vinegar in it. Okay. Joe, lo- like, I'm talking every single night. He has one of these or an Olipop. Oh, I haven't had Olipop either. Yeah. So it's for gut health. It's for a healthy guts. Yeah. And the ingredients are sparkling water, apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, strawberry juice, and organic cane sugar. 
and then stevia. And stevia. So we'll read this at the end of the episode and see if you guys should give this little drink a try. And you're supposed to take this label off to recycle it. You know what I've been realizing? Recycling's not real. It's not real. And also the amount, like you can't just put anything in the recycling. There's so many like rules or they just literally throw out the entire thing, the whole batch. If there's one thing in there that can't be recycled. You've been wanting to do a recycling episode. Yes, because it's so much more complicated than we have been led on to believe. Well, guys, stay tuned. If you guys want that recycling <sighs> episode, we'll we'll get to the nitty gritty. We'll do a. We'll get it. We'll get. Am to I it. doing this right? Investigate. Investigates recycling. recycling. It's a conspiracy. But we'll get into we'll get into our topic. <laughs> yes, this week, which is how to survive your quarter life crisis or a any type of crisis yes. essentially. Yes, we're at that age where, like, I think a lot of us are going through it. Also for the fellow astro girlies, you know, it's astrology. a lot of the people going through Saturn return, the infamous Saturn return where you get knocked on your ass, but you get up and you're new and you're aligned and authentic and the whole nine. So it's always, you know, it's a good thing when you go through a quarter life crisis, I yes. think, because you always come out of it a different way. But they always do tend to hit us in our 20s for a reason. And it usually is what takes us from the little baby adults to adult adults, which I don't really think I'm an adult adult yet. I feel like I'm starting to get there, which is scary. Well, I guess that's the Saturn return. They're like, you're not an adult until after. And I'm like, fuck, because mine is right around the corner. Do you want to just re- like really quickly just say, because you've said it twice now, and I don't want people oh, listening. Oh, for people like, that are like, huh? What are you talking about? Okay, so in astrology, you can look up on your chart, too. Or we also have a, an episode with... Astrologer oh, yes, Aliza Kelly have an episode, and she talks about it. Okay, and I think she's the one that was like, "You think you're an adult now, but you're not." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh," but basically, it's when Saturn comes back into your chart, and like, hence Saturn Saturn return. return. Essentially, it rocks your shit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. rocks your shit, and then it normally comes around between your twenty seventh and your 29th birthday, which yes. is why we're saying that because that's typically. When your quarter life crisis yeah. can occur. And it's interesting because I've also asked people, like, when you were like 28, 29, did anything, you know, happen? And they're always like, oh my God, like this, that, and the third happened. Like, I got, uh, you know, married to somebody for four minutes and like all this crazy <laughs> shit. So, yes, but let's actually like define it. So, what is a quarter life crisis? Yeah. So, often the 20s and your 20s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Your 20s and your early 30s are thought to be the best time of a person's life. Individuals in this age range are generally in good health, have minimal responsibilities, and are able to explore opportunities and take chances in both their professional and private lives. However, it is becoming increasingly clear that young adults are not free of the stresses that come later in life. In fact, no. many people in this stage of life experience periods of uncertainty and anxiety during which they question their goals, plans, and even relationships. Professionals have named this occurrence the quarter-life crisis. Mm-hmm. And according to Forbes, a quarter-life crisis is defined as a period of, quote, intense soul-searching and stress. <laughs> Because soul searching doesn't sound bad, but no. it's the and stress. It's the and, and the intensity of it. Yes. Oh, intense. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And research has shown us that quarter-life crises are more common than we may think. According to one survey, 86% 
of millennials have experienced a quarter-life crisis. So Gen Z, you have that to look forward to? Yes. And according to licensed psychologist Rachel Needle, a quarter-life crisis is a period in a young adult's life that typically happens between one's mid-20s and early 30s. It's a feeling of stress and uncertainty often triggered around this time in someone's life as they figure out who they are and what they want. Yeah. And I think Nat and I can both confidently say... We are experiencing, we are feeling that. It's like, who am I going to be? And uh, how am I going to show up in this world? Right. And what am I doing? What am I doing? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And like, uh, who am I? God, and what? it's me, Margaret. <laughs> Hello, God. It's me, Margaret. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. So how do these, how does the quarter-life crisis kick off? So typically a midlife crisis, an identity crisis, an existential crisis, any of these crises will be kicked off by an event or even a combination of a few events that make you feel like you've lost a sense of identity. When something happens that challenges or changes our sense of identity, it can be disorienting and very scary, hence the quote-unquote crisis. The crisis. The crisis. The absolute crisis you feel like you're in. Mm -hmm. But what is identity anyways? So according to Harley Therapy Counseling in the United Kingdom. Which Natalie and I are going to. We'll be going to. (laughs) More on that later. Um, (laughs) That was really good. Oh, thank you. They say our identity is the way we define ourselves. This includes our values, our beliefs, and our personality. It also encompasses the roles we play in our society and family, our past memories, our hopes for the future, as well as our hobbies and interests. Yeah, there's always these elements too of like okay especially like with parents i think like when you're a young adult yes. to an older adults like oh my god now i gotta start taking care of them yes or like and then if we start having kids then it's like oh my god it's a whole other thing they they have said that like have you heard that like happiness is a smile when you're in your early late teens early 20s you're at the top half of the smile and then you oh. dip down in like your 20s, 30s, and like 40s, and then you start going back up in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Wow. I mean, that makes sense. So we are on the decline. (laughs) We're on the steady slope downward. (laughs) Well, also, it's like you probably, you've got more responsibilities. You've probably got kids, which means more financial responsibilities, which means like less time for you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. Let's get into some common triggers, though. What are some common... Some common kickoff events. Yeah. The kickoff events include losing your job (laughs) or experiencing job insecurity or issues with job stability at all, a breakup or the end of a meaningful relationship, moving to a new place where you might not know anyone, living alone for the first time, financial insecurity or instability, the loss of a loved one, family member or friend, experiencing grief in any way, marriage or major relationship commitments, or just simply graduating college without plans for what's next. Also, there's just a million other things that could kick it off. Or maybe you don't even, I think what could be really scary is that if you don't know why it's happening, you're like, right, okay, my job is stable, my relationship's stable, this is stable. And you're like, why do I still feel like I don't know what's going on? Yes. Oh my God. It's That's even scarier. It's very scary. And also, I think we should point out with these triggers, like, yes, some of them losing your job, breaking up with somebody, those suck. But things like getting married, getting your degree, like those are great things. But I think people forget, like those can be so fucking anxiety inducing. Because now, yeah, your identity shifts. You're completely changing your identity. 
I mean, you're literally like changing your name. You're on your identification Which card. we have a how to get married episode. Right. And I will not be changing my name. It is way too many steps. It's a lot of steps. So what are some signs if someone's listening like, okay, am I having a quarter life crisis? Am I having a midlife crisis? Am I having some type of crisis? Yes. So there's like eight common signs. One being impulsive behaviors. So if somebody has a realization they actually hate the job that they'd been dreaming about, for example, they might impulsively quit without thinking it through first and decide to, like, backpack through Europe for a month, which, yeah, that's extreme. But, like, you get it. Yes. Feeling a need for change. It's this need for change, but not knowing what that change needs to look like in order to be fulfilled. Yeah, I feel like that is a key part of it. It's like something needs to change. I don't even know what it is, yes. but it feels like very urgent and immediate and like I got to figure it out. The like, urgency of it. Yes. yes. I've been telling my therapist and I was telling you about it too. Like I feel like I'm floating like and I know I have to do but I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm just like waiting to figure it out. Yeah. I'm just like waiting. A fluctuating relationship. So depending on what triggered your quarter-life crisis, sometimes relationships can be affected. If you found yourself on a new spiritual path, for example, you might feel inclined to break up with your partner or forge a whole new group of friends. Yeah, depending on like what your interests are changing to and shifting yeah. to, you might be like, I gotta, I can't be with this You might look around be and be like, wow, my friends are problematic. And yeah. now I have to completely change my whole life, which is very scary. <laughs> Big crisis. Big crisis. Uh, having difficulty making decisions. So a person may be exploring a lot of different options for what they might do moving forward, whether that's what city to move to or what job to have, and experience an over-analysis of pros and cons of those various decisions to the point where the person has a really hard time moving forward. Again, we got an episode on this. What to do when you don't know what to do. <laughs> the analysis paralysis. paralysis. Yeah, for sure. Another sign of having a quarter-life crisis is feelings of isolation. A quarter-life crisis can feel really isolating, especially if part of what triggered it was comparing yourself to others. Mm. There can be a sense that you're the only one struggling and that everyone else has already has their life figured out, which let me just tell you right now. Absolutely no not one. true. No one. Especially with social media. Yeah. Like, no. No. I know it's easy to feel like everyone's, especially when like all the marriage proposals start coming out yes. on Instagram. You're like, oh my God. Or even like TikTok on some of my things where people are like, these are so funny. Like, I love it. I'm like, I was so depressed that day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I just don't know. Another sign of a quarter life crisis is feeling directionless. Going back to the aforementioned point that about difficulty making decisions, feeling directionless is also common in a quarter-life crisis. This period in one's life is full of confusion, uncertainty, and a sense of stuckness. Yeah, that's that floating. I don't know where to go. What's happening? Another sign of a quarter-life crisis, you will not be surprised, is depression and anxiety. It can look a lot like burnout at work, even though the person may not actually have been working for all that many months or years. It can look like a lack of motivation to do one's work or not fulfilling one's job duties the way that they used to. So it can manifest in different ways like yeah. in your personal life, but also in your professional life. And yeah. maybe you'll notice it in your professional life first. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not getting my work done. You're like, I'm just sitting here staring at a wall <laughs> and hating my life. Exactly. <laughs> 
And another sign of having a quarter life crisis is insecurity. After all, this is all about a young adult trying to figure out their place in the world and who they want to be. And it can feel daunting and shameful and a host of other negative emotions. Again, especially if part of the crisis stems from comparison to others and it might look like a lack of confidence or even feeling like imposter syndrome. That is huge, I think. Also, like, because we are getting to the age where it's like we're full-blown, like, professional adults. Yeah. But I also am like, but I still don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there's actually four stages of a quarter-life crisis. And this is according to the Harvard Business Review. Hello, Harvard. So regardless of the cause, the quarter-life crisis often spans several years and includes four typical stages. It starts with a feeling of being locked into a commitment at work or at home. People take on jobs, rent apartments, enter relationships, but then they feel trapped in, quote-unquote, pretend adulthood. Mm. (sighs) Relatable. Then, at some point, they leave their romantic partners, jobs, or social groups and become separated and lonely. They spend the worst part of this crisis reflecting and recalibrating their plans, alone and isolated, until eventually they go out and explore new hobbies, interests, and social groups, finally emerging at the other side of the crisis happier, more motivated, and with a greater sense of clarity. I think that's the key there. Clarity Clarity, is the key. And like I said, this process can last for years or can even repeat itself. It's a painful process, but it is also a tremendous growth opportunity as it can create individuals who go on to lead more meaningful and happier lives. Just know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Like, yes. we, we are going to get You're gonna through get this, there. you guys. And we know we have a guide on how to survive, right? Yes, of course. It's not your podcast. So how do, how do we start? Well— First and foremost, start with self-reflection. So take inventory of where you are in your life. How are you feeling? What emotions are you experiencing? What brings you stress and anxiety? What values do you hold? Are you living out of your values in your everyday life? What dreams, goals, and ambitions do you have? Are you making progress towards those dreams? And and make space for that reflection. And that can be in the form of like journaling or meditation or mindfulness. We actually have a journaling episode if you want to go back and listen. We have a lot of episodes. We are qualified for this episode. Well, you know why? Because the basis of this podcast is figuring it out. Is basically was us having a quarter life crisis. I mean, what are we doing? And so that makes sense that so many episodes all catered to this. Yes, <laughs> yes, it really was because we were like 24, 25 yes. when we first conceptualized. Exactly. Well, Dr. Neil Barnett, who is also the author of Soothe Your Nerves, the Black Woman's Guide to Understanding and Overcoming Anxiety, Panic, and Fear. I'm like, should I? Uh, I need to get that book. <laughs> she says, I'm assuming it's a woman, right? Yeah. Oh, no way, man. I think a- Neil Barnett is like her last na- oh, hyphenated. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Her first name's not Neil. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought that too for a um, second. And I was like, why is Neil writing a <laughs> black woman's guide? That does not sound like a <laughs> a black woman. No. <laughs> well, she says to set aside time to be selfish. She recommends scheduling reminders to check in with yourself roughly every three months to examine where you are in your life and whether you feel stuck or dissatisfied. And then from there, she said, you can start to identify aspects of your life that you want to change. Oh, okay. So it's like kind of taking a, what do people call it? A life audit? Oh, yeah. Or wellness check on yourself? Yeah, yeah. 
Next, you're going to want to understand your quarter life type. I thought this was so interesting. So therapist, Dr. Satya Bayok. Bayok? Bayok? We don't know. We just know she's a queen. She's a therapist. (laughs) She groups quarter lifers into two categories, the stability types and the meaning types. Stability types are seen by others as solid and stable. They prioritize a sense of security, succeed in their careers, and may pursue building a family. But she says there's a sense of emptiness and a sense of faking it. So there's that imposter syndrome. They think that this couldn't possibly be all that life is about. Okay. And then the other end of the spectrum are the meaning types, who are typically artists. They have intense creative passions but have a hard time dealing with a day-to-day task sort of life. She says, these are folks for whom doing what society expects of you is so overwhelming and so discordant with their own sense of self that they seem to constantly be floundering and they can't quite figure it out. That's me. I th- yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> That's me. I-, I feel like I'm probably like more civility type. Probably. Yeah, I think you're more, I think you lean more More stability stability type. Where I definitely lean more meaning type. Meaning type. But she says, quarter life is about becoming a whole person. And both groups need to absorb the other's characteristics to balance themselves out. Stability types need to think about how to give their lives a sense of passion and purpose. And meaning types need to find security, perhaps by starting with a consistent routine that can both anchor and unlock creativity. I think that's so interesting because once you figure out like what type you are, then you kind of know what's missing, right? What that right. feeling is. And you're like, oh, okay. If I'm a stability type, I need to find more passion and meaning in everything that I'm doing and not just be following, you know, the success train. Right. And then the meaning type's like, okay, I need to find that stability. What's going to make me feel grounded enough so that I can be this creative that I want to be? Yeah. And I just think that's such a great way to look at it because it's not like one or the other is right. It's like you want to be a blend of both. You need to have both. Yes. Yeah. Another way to survive your quarter-life crisis is to be patient, you guys. Quarter-lifers may feel pressure to race through each step of their lives, craving the sense of achievement that comes with completing a task, but learning to listen to oneself is a lifelong process. Instead of searching for quick fixes, young adults should think about longer-term goals. So starting therapy that stretches beyond a handful of sessions, building healthy nutrition and exercise habits, and working towards self-reliance. So think more broad strokes. Like, okay, what can I do that's going to make me feel good long-term? And then hopefully these shorter-term goals will come along the way. Yes. Well, I'm just, I'm kind of like smirking because my therapist and I talked about this last week. She's like, you need to like set alarms to like eat on time. And like, because one of my things is I eat late because I work too late and then I'm eating dinner at like nine and I hate it. And she's like, let's stop. Yeah. Like let's, and again, it's because I'm not stable. (laughs) I am instable. On the record. On the record? Unstable. But we're working on it. Yes. On a weekly therapy session. There we go. You know what I mean? Okay, next, you're going to want to create a roadmap for your goals. So imagine holding a document in your hands containing the plans for the next five years of your life. Identifying your top three values is a great start. From there, you could go on to create your bucket list. 
Then pick the top thing from there that you would like to prioritize for achieving in the next 12 months. Then jot down a list of everything that you would need to do to make it happen. What are the major stepping stones for achieving that thing? What are the specific tasks that you would need to do to achieve each of those steps? And when will you do each of those steps? This is a lot of what my life coach does. So like there's a goal and then she like, we break it down. Right. We break it down. And then she always asks me at the end, okay, when are you going to do that? And I'm like, <sighs> it's the accountability uh, well, that I hate. Uh, I'm going to get to it. She's like, no, no, no. In your calendar, when are you going to do that? I'm like, um, uh, I guess Thursday at three. She's like, great, Thursday at three. I'll follow up next week. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, oh, oh okay. okay. I wasn't actually going to get this done, but okay. I know. <laughs> I know. Actually, that reminds me, I actually do have to set those alarms because <laughs> she asked me to do that on Monday and today's Friday and I didn't do it. <laughs> but these are some of the basic questions that you would need to ask yourself to give yourself a great chance of making that thing happen. If you take a little bit of action on each of those steps on a regular basis, you will reduce your risk of being hit by the quarter-life crisis. You also increase your ability to deal with it if that is where you are already finding yourself. And actually, we have a friend right now, and I really like this. I really like what she's doing. It's kind of similar to this. She's turning 30 in six months, and so she made a list of 30 things I want to do before I'm 30. I love that. And she's going on like a little trip this weekend. By herself. Yes. I was like doing a solo trip was one of the yes. things. So she's like actively going down this list of like 30 things to do before I'm 30. And I'm like. I love that. I think I'll do that when I turn 29. Um, in like a month. In like a few short weeks. <laughs> yes. oh my God. That's, that's coming up close. <laughs> Put there. it in your calendar. <laughs> Fuck me. I know. Another way to survive your quarter life crisis is to consider working with a coach or therapist. No matter what kind of crisis you're dealing with, working with a therapist or coach can also be a helpful way to cope with your challenges. Individual therapy for existential crises might be a good choice if you're dealing with symptoms of anxiety, depression, or other mental health challenges. In therapy, you'll have a safe space to process your thoughts and emotions about what's going on, and you'll also learn concrete strategies for working through the crisis. I mean, me and Natalie, we love therapy. We're in it religiously. Constantly. <laughs> but what I, like I just mentioned, I have a life coach, and if your you're quarter-life or midlife crisis is tied to career issues or just a general search for purpose, a life coach could also be a helpful option, particularly if you're looking for motivation, inspiration, and strategies to move forward with a new life path. Life coaching can be an empowering way to work towards your goals. So there's like the emotional element of all of this, right? And like having someone to process your emotions with. But a life coach is also really great for like okay, you want to do this with your business. You want to do that. You want to get there. Like, let's lay out the map for if you're having yeah. trouble with like the roadmap to your goals yeah. element of it. That's an, a great person to bring in. Yeah. And honestly, if you are one of the instability types or the meaning types, rather, that's probably very, very helpful. Yeah. Because like for me, I am in that phase and I'm like, how do I even like my brain doesn't. And also I've been trying to learn more about like how to work with ADHD because mm -hmm. the way I process things is different. So I'm like trying to learn more about it and then apply it to certain things so that I can actually accomplish the goals. Yes. But it's tough. 
It's oh, and so it, sometimes you just have to ask for help. Yeah, so a little life coach could probably do me some good. <laughs> we were talking about this before, but try your best not to compare your journey with others. We think everyone else has got to figure it out, but in reality, all of us are searching. Instead of comparing yourself to others, spend time figuring out what it is that you want. The main tip here is to get off social media. While many people need to at least be partially on social media for work, try to keep it to a bare minimum. As we know, logically, social media isn't reality. But when we're in a headspace of crisis and we're searching for identity, it can be very easy to get caught up in it. Yeah. You don't have a lot of the skills at that moment to be like, this isn't real. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how are they doing this? Yeah. And our last tip for surviving a quarter-life crisis is to just try new things. According to licensed therapist Tiana Leeds, this is a time to explore and get to know yourself so you can come out of this quarter-life crisis on the other side with a stronger sense of self. She says, give yourself permission to try things to test the waters in terms of who you're dating or different careers to allow yourself to take this one piece at a time and treat it like Like a little experiment. Yeah, a little science experiment. Yeah, this is how you'll figure out what works and what doesn't. She also says to feel free to throw out any rules, namely limiting beliefs. Mm Mm-hmm. So letting go of any beliefs you've picked up along the way from people, from your family to expectations from society, and really try to tune into your own inner knowing about who you are and what you want. Yeah, and I think that thinking about a lot of our friends that are in that turning 30 phase, a lot of them are like, oh my God, like, I'm not married. I don't have a kid. It's like, who said that that's... Who said, who said... What was that Hannah Montana? Who says, who says Hannah perfect? Oh, oh, Selena Gomez. Selena oh, Gomez. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wasn't there a Hannah Montana? Who there says, was... who said... I can't. Yes, you're, yeah, you are right. We're... We're aging ourselves. We really are. (laughs) Well, we hope you guys learn more about what a quarter-life crisis is, how to know if you're having one, and how to survive it if you are. And know that you're not alone. Natalie and I are experiencing all of these feelings as well. It's a weird time of life. And I'm very excited to see what lies on the other side of it. Me too. I really am. I really am. So, Nat, should we circle back on this beverage we've been drinking the poppy prebiotic soda in the strawberry lemon flavor so this you said that you have had this but not this flavor not this flavor so it tastes to me like gummy worms okay yeah do you get that i see what you're saying see what you're saying do you want to introduce our hottie of the week yes we chose our hottie uh because she's 25 and that is the quarter of her life well hopefully she lives way past 100, but... I don't want to live past 100, do you? <laughs> no, I already know you don't. We don't. <laughs> but she's uh, 25. Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. She's so cute. I wonder what she's up to. Working. Is she doing any movies? I'm sure. I don't know her in a personal way. I can't find out, yeah. but I'm sure right. she's a working gal. Yeah. So one to Haley Steinfeld. What are we going to raid the poppy strawberry lemon? I'll give it a six and a half, seven. I'm going to meet you at a six. Okay. So six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Out of Haley Steinfeld. All right. This is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week we're doing recent obsessions. 
Um, Nat, do you want to reveal your obsession? I'm trying to think between two uh, recent obsessions. <sighs> mm, okay. You can say both of your obsessions. Well, All it does is help the listener. That's true. One of them is more niche. And then the other one I think is like a lot of people are recently obsessed. Oh, no. I wonder, is it my recent obsession? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's not. Emma Chamberlain? Oh. I feel like all of it. She was on Hot Ones. I just, other. it's so funny. I watched her Hot Ones yes. yesterday. Well, so I never watched her YouTube videos. I don't. We're like not really her age. Right. Mm. But then like a, like a month ago or something. Oh, I listened to her podcast. Mm. And I was like, oh, I like this girl. And then I listened to her podcast. And then I saw some of her like Vogue things. And then I saw her on Hot Ones. And I'm like, I like this chick. We love it. She's got a coffee company. I know. And I was like, I should try this coffee. Now that I'm back into coffee. I don't know if we've told. <sighs> I got back into coffee. Today I got a peppermint creamer. Very hey. excited to use it tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a Chamberlain. And then the other one, more niche. Mm, people probably would not know what this is or maybe not even like it. Hanson versus Predator. Did you ever watch To Catch a Predator? Oh, maybe. I loved To Catch a Predator. But, you know, they don't have it anymore. So now Chris Hansen, because, you know, he would always say, I'm Chris Hansen from. Well, no, I actually don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, like, basically the whole thing is, like, they would trap predators. Oh, I've seen clips from this. Yes. Where they would try to lure, like, say, I'm a 14-year-old girl and, like, come over here. Got you. Yes. And then these men would say the craziest shit. They'd be like, oh, no, I was here to tell them not to do. I was teaching them a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, really? Like, uh, and they always got arrested right after. It's the best. So they started doing it on YouTube called Hanson versus Predator. Oh, wow. I know. Maybe I should check it out. You should. It's the excuses these men think of on the spot are unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Unbelievable. And then one one of the time, uh, Chris Hanson goes, I'm Chris Hansen. And the guy goes, no, you're not. Because he knows. Oh. every If you're a predator, you know Chris Hansen. You do not want to run into Chris Hansen. So he goes, no, you're not. And he goes, yes, I am. And he goes, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, he knows he's about to go to prison oh for a long time. God. It's, it's my favorite thing. Okay, yeah. These are definitely nothing similar to my recent obsession. Let's hear it. Um, no surprise to Natalie, but guys... I didn't want to love it, but I do. Skims. I am obsessed with Skims. There's this long black dress that they have. Everyone loves that. That I swear to God is like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Like, I swear it looks good on everybody. And it's just, you've never tried it on? I've never tried it on. I just cannot imagine that looks good on me. I'm going to, I will have to try it. You have to try it. But like, I am real, I've bought... I mean, I'm buying from Skims all the time. Yes. I'm giving Kim Kardashian my money. Yes. And, you know, the, people have opinions on the Kardashians and if we should be giving them more money. But, hey, I'm not going to lie. The products are great. It, listen, the products, the 10 products, out of 10. listen. And if you feel good in them. I feel great you, in them. Uh, same with, like, good American. Like, I people love, love good American jeans. They're actually some of the only jeans that fit me and I don't have to get altered. Right. I mean, there's like hit, you know, all these celebrity brands have major hits, major misses. You know? Yeah. Well, also one of my recent obsessions was my vase bag, which is by oh, Michelle yeah. Mitchell. So some yeah, of yeah. these celebrity brands, they do get the right team on board. Yes. And the products are great. I'm not going to say all of them are. Right. But I will say Skims, 
I would recommend. I, I've been recommending. Yes, yes. I still have to try it. Even their like underwear, very soft. Anyways, I think everyone should just give it a shot. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you want, if you're looking for something fun. But that is definitely obsession of mine uh, as of recent. As of recent. And do you have another one? Oh, no. I only have oh, one. Oh, I don't know. I thought you said obsessions. Uh, well, the name of the game is Recent Obsession. That's true. That's true. Well, if you guys like this episode, we actually, like we said, have a lot of similar episodes. Yeah. Episode 111, How to Journal. We also have episode 21, which is How to Cultivate Purpose in Your Life and Career with author yes. Colleen Bordeaux. So She was one of our OGs. She's one of our OGs. So you can go back and listen to that because that is in the same vein of like, what do I do and how do I feel purposeful? And so that's a great episode to listen to. And you guys can always, always write into the show at Am I Doing This Right Pod at gmail.com or you can dm us at am i doing this right pod if you want advice from us we would love to give you advice if you have an episode request something you want us to research you can email us or you can dm us and like always we'll be back next week with another episode love you bye love you